Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... Peppers from a Chimney! Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy, and my player and game master handle is Dagobah. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. And I will let you know that... Failing this doesn't mean that you don't find what you're looking at. It just means yeah, it's just you find longer. it more slowly. Yeah. Um, and Clicker already acknowledges the fact that, um, well, she is caught with her fingers in the honeypot. Is, is it honeypot? No, cookie mm-hmm. pot. Shit. Cookie honey jar. Honeypot is something very different. Yeah, the cookie yeah. jar. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Um <laughs> I'm I'm really good at these things. I'm really really good at these things. Anyway, um, shit. Awkward. Okay, you're fine, Ivan. Just keep going. One, two, three. Um, sh- she acknowledges that she has been caught. Um, retreats very cautiously and. Uh, quickly still and observes now that she has seen some of the players who are observing this stall um, including of course the the person uh, taking care of the market stall um, she will use fuck um, she will plan and use a combined distraction method to um she she waits for for two of the let's say there are four or five she will wait for two of them to be distracted naturally or or um yeah just by what is going on and then the other three she will at the same time distract with um something else for if to for one it will be it will be a stone th- something like a stone throw um for another it may be um dazzling them with uh with a sun reflection and then um the third would be would be a um a nudge with her beak to throw something off the stall's counter all right. And at the same time, she's trying to sneak, um, or yeah, just use the distraction. So to distraction would be either deception or stealth. And because you're saying you're trying to do this surreptitiously, I w- I would say that if you're going to do deception in this fashion, you could tie it to your dexterity. Yep, I was thinking that as well. It's not not the best option, but it's better than. Many other things, because yep. for some reason, Clicker has 20 dexterity. 17. Okay. And a- as you do that, um, as you're, you're going through these movements in order to create the distraction, uh, you're moving throughout the flood market and all this time as you're talking with some peoples and you, you find one of these, uh, the conversations sort of lead you towards where you do this pop puzzle but you you fail you you were unable to finish it without being um noticed so you keep on moving and you keep on having some conversations with people till you get to the point where you finally overcome a last tiny obstacle and on overcoming that last obstacle you do come across a bit of thieves cant uh that basically says I'm going to take you into another channel now. Sorry, guys. It 
so you find in Thieves' Cant uh, a message that says that you need to find a barge called a Cobalt's Magic. And when you get into the barge of Cobalt's Magic, it indicates that you need to hang your hat not on the right coat rack, but on the left coat rack. And you need to hang your hat the fourth peg down. So it doesn't take you long moving through the flood market knowing now where you want to want to go and people are don't have a problem indicating to you where uh this barge is it's and it's not difficult to spot it's actually a fairly large uh looking barge and i will share this with you um it's been repurposed um fairly quiet on the outside you can see that it's got some driftwood where it that's been uh, made into the sign that says a cobalt's magic uh it's in good shape but it takes the it takes up the entire space of of this one wharf on the on the south side and you have to go across some other uh, boats and whatnot that form up uh planks and form up a dock of sorts as you cross these other boats uh to get to the entrance and you walk into the entrance and as you walk into the entrance, uh, you see that the place isn't uh, all that busy. There's a few patrons there, and uh, there is a human male who's uh, who's standing behind the counter. And as you walk in, he kind of just waves at you. What do you do? Um, very quick. The inventory in the in the entry of the, the location thing uh, cannot be opened. Yeah, right. Link yeah. and the inventory on the sheet is also empty. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's the the link should work now. Yep. So you walk in. What do you yeah. do? Um, waves. Um, Clicker just nods in their direction and looks left and right to spot where she can hang a hat. And the, the barkeep, he sees you as you, you moving around to look for a place to hang your sombrero. And he's like, Matter stranger, welcome to a cobalt's magic. What you know? Can I interest you in a cup of gnomish tiddly-toe wine? Maybe. And she keeps looking, still not moving. And then he's just kind of, with his rag, he... Um, is wiping down the counter. Uh, everybody else seems to be in their drink, s- sitting at the at the bar, the the tables throughout the bar. Uh, it's a well kept bar. Um, it doesn't look decrepit. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like a, a place where you know it's hidden in shadows or anything like that. It's well lit, and there's just you know probably about five patrons at this time. Um, the five patrons all seem to be have their heads down into their uh, tables. She cannot spot any place to hang a hat. Yeah, to the right of the door and to the left of the door, there's a coat rack to the right and to the left. Okay. So, um, she did I miss that or did you not say that? I'm confused. Um, she she takes off her some or. I mean, she didn't. Did she wear the sombrero? Maybe she wore the sombrero. It's too um, big to stick. And she takes uh, off. It's too big to go in your backpack, but it could go into your bag of holding. No, she, she, this entire time she had it uh, like with the with a cord around her neck, mm-hmm. so it was like behind her uh, her head. Um, that that is the basic means yeah. of transportation for the sombrero usually. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but not. She was she was wearing it fully. Um, so she takes it off and. Um, yeah, uses the cords to hang it onto the fourth peg on the left. And then approaches the barkeep. The barkeep nods and says, Oh, that is quite the hat you got there. Where did you find such a thing? I don't think I've ever seen its like. Very old place. Very good. I like it. I see, I see. It fits I see. me well. 
Indeed it does. Beautiful thing. I don't suppose you'd be willing to sell it. How much? And he looks at you and he kind of winks a little bit. Well, I wouldn't give you more than 10 gold pieces for such a thing. I'm afraid that will not be enough because it's a very special hat. And as he's talking to you, you see that he, with his hand, uh, he is drawing a figure uh, within the puddles of pools of little bits of water or condensation that's from drinks that's on the on the counter uh, forming it into a bit of cant and he basically is asking is saying guild member question no, not yet he kind of nods at you I see I see well I don't suppose he'd be interested in Oh, the special? I think I'll stick with the wine. Oh, I think someone like you probably would be very interested in the special. Hmm. Fine. You convinced me. And he kind of looks about and he says, You both stay, stay, keep where you're at. I'll be right back. And he kind of indicates, you know, with a nod of his head to come back behind the bar and uh, he, as you guys uh, head behind the bar, he, he leads you to some uh, a ladder that leads down, and he indicates. You go down there. He's talking, talking a little bit under his breath. You go down there. Talk to Eckies. See what he's got to say. See what you got to tell him. She nods, and continues downwards. And I will park you there and go back to the other guys. All right. We are back. Uh, I'm just going to reveal that there to you for you, Clicker, that green pin there. So you're pretty much right there. Okay, so you guys uh, get yourselves all dolled up and you remove the disguise and you paint yourself as, with your ability, your fur Volga ability, you change yourself to look like, what is it, Volga? Uh, I'm gonna look like Thorn, but a girl. Basically like Thorn's long lost sister. Are you... Okay. Um... But like my, thinking... my clothes. Just thinking here. I think, yeah, I, I think even in your land, um, you know of tieflings. Uh, they're not as, I don't think you'd actually know how common or not common they are in this land, seeing as how you're too new. But they're but, definitely uh... not common in your lands. But that being said, even though they're not common, you, of the few that you've met in your home city, you have never seen one that has the coloring of Thorn. So my question is, when you look like Thorn as a female, do you take his coloring? Uh, when when uh, we were walking around last time, did people notice, put too much attention to him? Um, give me... Uh, is is history normally tied to wisdom? Intelligence. Okay, give me a history check, but tied to your wisdom. Uh, so that would be a straight wisdom for me. All right. Okay. Sixteen. Uh, you recall, even as a cat, that there had been a few odd glances uh, his way. Okay, I just want to pick a most basic generic look that I can come up. I just don't want to be a tabaxi because the yeah. uh, the shopkeeper is a tabaxi. They are, I mean, the common tiefling colors would be uh, blue, purple, uh, pinkish type blue, things. Blue, then definitely blue, sticking okay. to my color scheme. <laughs> yeah, 
easy then, e easier to maintain. Okay, so you make yourself into a blue female tiefling, but still has, looks like Thorn, but is female. So you'll need to drop your charisma a lot. Oh, I was really expecting Thorn to say what? something. I'm just kidding. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a moment. <laughs> Thorn, Thorn's not here. I know he's not there. I was making, I'm, I'm I was letting making, them talk. I, I was making fun of the fact that that Thorn is, he's, he's not actually doesn't have a bad charisma score. Anyways, okay, I think so I'm you are a lovely female tiefling. Okay, so you guys walk into the nymph and Medusa, and um, the cat folk uh, is still sitting there at the counter. Uh, he. She, she's, um, her fur color is black and she is very much overweight. And you can see that on her clothing, they are very fine clothes. Uh, they drape about her well. And you can see that on her, her facial fur that there are a couple of uh, little scars. What are you going to do? Al smiles and marches up to the front desk and kind of leans against it and kind of looks at uh, Volga but says, Hi, um, we'd like you to take a look at a certain alchemical property, maybe? Yes, hello. We may have something interesting to sell. If if you're interested, if you have a moment to take a look at it. She nods at you and, and she um, folds her hand, uh, you know, uh, un uh, gestures uh, across the counter invitingly. And she's like, please, what is it that you got? I will take out my uh, jar with the voice box and I'll say... Uh, so we happened to come across a cloaker and we took its voice box. Maybe it's not exactly... Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, I mean, wait a sec. Uh, she, she, she's, she's a bit modest. Um, the beast that this came from, this cloaker, is the largest thing I've ever seen. And the venom that came out of its, its fangs was just putrid and poisonous. It was unbelievable. I, I think this is might be a incredibly rare specimen. You don't say. You don't say. Pass it here now. Pass it here. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> well, it's very fresh. I can guarantee you that. I will pass her the jar. She doesn't even let you set it down. She takes it from your hands and she pops the stopper off immediately. And she puts it up to her nose and she takes a long smell. Mmm. Indeed. Indeed. And she sticks her her uh, small pinky finger in there and she pokes it a little bit and takes a look at the, the goo that comes back on that. Ooh. Right, right. And you see Ooh. that she pulls and she looks over to you, Cal. Yes? Mm. What is it? Mm. Ah. Yep. <sighs> the uneducated. And she pulls up a, a, a glass lens and she looks at that and she brings it in between her eye and, and her pinky finger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Indeed. Really now? A cloaker? How about that? Where did you ever find such a thing? And fresh? Oh, we travel a lot. Mm. I see, I see. Indeed. And you're wanting to sell this, are you? That would be ideal, yes. Excellent, excellent. Now, do you have other such things? Are you uh, someone that might readily collect things like this? Not on hand, no, we don't have anything at hand currently, but if you're interested, if you have mm. some ideas where we can procure more interesting things, we can certainly... Incredibly professional, in fact. We, uh, we've done this kind of work all throughout town and all throughout the uh, Oasis. This land, yes. This uh, land, yes, that's the one I said, yeah. Ah, well, I'll tell you what. For this year, 
beautiful specimen of a voice box, I will give you 150 gold pieces. You could give me an insight check, the two of you, as you look at her. Absolutely. Oh, 17. Cal, you think that she's uh, being very, very sincere, but Volga, even though, I mean, the cat folk is, is fairly a new species to you. Uh, the way that her eyes start glittering, you think that she is trying to lowball you. One hundred fifty gold for a fresh voice box of a cloaker. Really, the freshness that matters. It's a reasonable price. It's also not entirely common. It's not a wolf's liver, for God's sake. I could go for some of that later. Well, you are correct. Yes, indeed, of course. I well look. Tell you what, if you do something for me, then perhaps I'd be willing to pay you 300 gold for this. You mean you would pay us 150 gold for this and maybe another 150 for a favor? That's very exciting and we can certainly talk about work for money. We are very interested business people. But let's finish with the voice book, voice box first. I would be willing to give it to you for 150 gold if you throw in a couple of healing potions on top. Hmm, a businesswoman. Oh, well. Not unlike yourself, ma'am. Yes, yes, true, true, true. And um, you can see that behind her there is uh, actually an array of bottles uh, everywhere, as well as paraphernalia for uh, alcohol all types of alchemy type work <clears throat> so uh, I will reveal this to the two of you guys I'll just reveal it to the all of you Heck. so she definitely does have some potions of healing in there and she's like two potions of healing 150 gold that's a, a steep price you're asking for can I... Well, let's put it this way. There is... I've heard word and whisper that there is... There was a man not too long ago, just last week, in fact. Uh, they say he was murdered in his home. And I have it on good authority that in his place of business, he used to keep... An Anubis. An Anubian. Do you know what that is? Al nods. Um, yeah, but uh, if you could describe it in more detail, if you know. Yep. <laughs> so she starts describing uh, what it looks like, and she spins a tale that it looks like this. So it looks like uh, a fierce jackal uh, that is made from sand. Mm -hmm. And she says, Such a creature, I've heard good word that such a creature is in his closed place of business. If you could extract the essence of that creature, well, I think we could probably... I would be more than happy to give you the two potions and that 150 gold. And for that trouble, I could probably add in a little bit more. Okay. Um, I'm... So here's my proposal. 150 gold and one potion for the voice box. And then we go and see what we can do about Nubian. And based on the results, we can negotiate further. What do you think? She looks at you for a long minute. 
and she holds out her hand to you, Volga. Like she wants me to give something or to shake a hand? She's holding out her hand in the universal gesture of let's shake on it. I'll shake on it. Okay. Um, give me one second. Make wisdom saving throw. Oh no! <laughs> I, should, I should always, I should always inside check before I shake hands. Last time yeah. I got a terrible curse on myself. She quickly she shakes your her, your hand uh, confidently, um, and that's nothing seems to come of it. She just shakes your hand. It just seems like a regular handshake. She was not able to see past your illusion. Uh, uh. <laughs> so she she um, places, she starts counting on some uh, coins and she puts them on the counter as well as the potion of healing. And she takes the jar and she uh, lovingly pulls out a, a box. It's quite large. She lifts it up with the two hands. Um, it looks like it's it's made out of lead and she opens it up and it's got some nice velvet interior and she places the jar in there. I have to change that jar, but this could be, hmm, yes. Thank you very much. And if you do, please come back to me with that uh, essence, if you do manage to obtain it. Oh, absolutely. Um, since you're taking uh, not just the voice box, but the jar also, would you happen to have an extra container we can use for the essence? Uh, she, she, she'll give you, uh, readily hand, give you a flask. Okay. Or, sorry, not a flask or a vial. You can, you can choose a flask or a vial. I think a flask weighs a lot more, though. Well, it doesn't matter. You, you uh, said that just... she pulls out uh, something out of a lead box, right? Like a bunch of coins out of the lead box? No, she places the jar with the ah. voice box inside the um, inside this lead box. How big is that lead box? Uh, she she when she lifted it up, it was large enough that she needed to lift it in her two hands. So. Oh, you'd never seen the chest that Clicker's carrying for Thorn. No. Um, yeah, so it's it, like the chest in the items, the player's handbook is like 25 pounds. That chest uh, that Clicker's carrying is was about 12 pounds. This is of a similar size, except it's not made out of wood. It is completely made out of metal. And I turned to Volga just very quietly and said, didn't, didn't, didn't you guys want some lead box thing? It's not, not right now. Okay, I was just saying. Okay, yeah, sure, cool. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one last question, or oh, actually maybe a couple. First, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, I'm Volga. This is Carl. Uh, may we ask for your lovely name? Ellen Thra. Ah, well Carl. met, well met. And uh, uh, she gives a little head nod and she says my name is ruby ruby candy of the soothing rain clan but you prefer to go by ruby but i prefer ruby yes okay that's a lot it was just a lot that's all <laughs> susan uh, rain that sounds very beautiful now um, we have a beautiful clan just before i go um your dress is really amazing. Where did you get it? You have to tell me. Ah, well, if you tour down to the Grand Souk, there's lots of beautiful places there. One place in particular that I love is called the... Oh, you dirty rotter. Let me find it. <laughs> I have... I have this... Is a dirty rotter a zombie that has been lying around rotting uh, and also is caked in mud? I think it's a sex move, actually. Fuck. It's a place. No, it's a cocktail. <laughs> I get all three. There is a place in the Grand Suit called the White Trouser. That's where I got it from. Beautiful uh, tailor there. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to doing more business with you. 
also just just before we leave again um you said this this a new buy thing the thing i know all about obviously um do you have any details about like what this man had it for like was it a guard dog kind of thing was it incredibly dangerous or just mildly dangerous or like any details about these creatures at all i could tell you that this man that died well he was a knoll male knoll called himself the sultan but i don't think that many will shed a tear over him departing there were some rumors about him and his helpers. Some said that, well, his business, his place of business was a moratorium. And there were rumors. I don't know if I should tell you. It's terrible secret. Well, I'm just wondering, but you can, can definitely let us know all the terrible secrets. I mean, who else are you going to tell? It just sounds we like don't, so much fun. We, Plus, we don't talk much. And She uh, smiles, and she just kind of winks at you, Cal. Uh, they say he was a cannibal, and that he would sometimes eat some of the people he was meant to burn. Oh, goodness. You don't say. That's just people these days. I don't... I think maybe Wrong. ten years ago, they would not... We would not have put up with that, but now, what are, what are people even doing? It's a good question. Uh, sometimes those gnolls... I'm glad most of them stay in their own district. I didn't say that though. <laughs> uh, but still, not. the the Anubian um, is it very dangerous? I wouldn't rightly know, to be honest. I, I can tell you that if you get hit that essence, well, let's see what what we can negotiate if you get your hands on it. Hey, fully understand. Uh, speaking about essence, uh, do you have any hints on how better extracted to get the most? Um. Yeah, actually. She herself wouldn't know, but this also ties back to um, harvesting from from creatures. Uh, I'm Look, I'm just an alchemist. I just pay for these things, and sometimes I meet people like you that would be willing to go out and find these certain herbs or certain, well creatures that really Components. don't need to live i guess and there's properties about them that are highly useful in making certain reagents and unguents and whatnot so i don't know how one might harvest i would hope that you would be able to work that out and uh, well I, I do pay well Uh, can you point us to the place where this man lived? Ah, uh, I've heard. I don't know where his shop is exactly, but I did hear that indeed his place was in the the Knoll quarters in the district of the hyenas. And the Sultan is the only name you have for him. Ah, uh, well, I mean, there were stories. Like Jeff or no, Sid? No, I believe it was a strange name i think it was something well i know his last name was chatur sultan chatur that should be enough to... I, it was it was a long name some of them knows they have the strangest dang names but i believe his well his moratorium uh, they just called it the the charnel house Elton Charnel Chator. Thank you very much for the info. It was no, a thank you, pleasure. thank you. This Ruby Candy self self three clean clan. Just just Ruby. Just Ruby. Or candy, if you must. And she waves. Enjoy the festivities. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I heard there was free breakfast, in fact. Yeah, you'll find it all throughout the Wharf District. Many, many will be placing stuff off. Enjoy. And with that, I will go back to Thorn. So. All right. Uh, 
Now I gotta close a crap ton of windows. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I just there's so I open up so many to try to remember certain things, and then uh, it just it fills up the desktop space, and I've got to get rid of them so that I can focus on your content. Oh yeah, I know, I know the feeling. Yeah, it is my least favorite thing about Fantasy Grounds. Uh, yeah, the, the shrinking the of stuff could be so much better done. Still, it's a good program. There's still bugs with it. Um, I, there was something else I wanted to say, though, to you guys. Just give me a second. Where did I put it? With regard you to You actually the... put 1,500 gold in the party sheet. Thank you. I certainly did not. Did I? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, do you guys... Um, so... Did you both want to just take 75 or do you want to just oh, leave it Cal, there? Cal was just going to, like Volga was selling the thing that she harvested from a thing. Yeah, yeah so I was... that. Just drag the the object into the party sheet. Or did you already just delete it? Oh no, it's still there. So drag the voice box into the party sheet. Just oh, drop it in the, in the parcel area. <laughs> Come on, it's not that bad. I, I mean, it really, you could just delete it because that doesn't sound like, like you need it back, DM. I already put a portion of healing into my inventory from the shop's inventory. Uh, okay, well, the two vials are sitting inside the party sheet as well. If you want to grab those. No, I don't like to delete it because when I'm trying to review stuff, having that things like that there do help me out that's um, fair that's fair okay i took one vial and put the voice box in the box so she the she gave you two vials one to replace the vial that you gave her and a second vial for whatever else you want, wanted need for it i mean realistically you don't need to because inside your herbalism kit no i just wanted yeah just because i spent implied. one vial from the herbalism yeah. i wanted to get one back to have a full kit that's it yeah yeah okay cool Alrighty. sorry thorn back to you so good so you arrive in the main stack and you see all, all of the stacks everywhere you see the um main place where all the library all the dewey decimal system stuff <laughs> But also while you're there, you also uh, standing uh, and talking to a female librarian, uh, you recognize uh, the person that's talking to the female librarian. You recognize Sahar El Badur. Sahar is the fellow that runs the local per, per Bastet franchise of, uh, I don't know. Do you want me to say, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it, I'll whisper it to you and you can tell me if you want me to say yeah, it out loud okay. or not. Yeah. Whisper. There you go. Um, no, just, just can keep it on yeah. the download for now. Okay. So he seems to be uh, in a conversation. So he's a human male, and he's in this conversation with a female uh, catfolk librarian and is gesticulating wildly. Okay, so um, I'm not really interested in, in getting involved with Sahar at the moment. I'm, I might uh, catch on what they're talking about. Um, but without planning to engage. Okay. Uh, so did you want to stealth or just yeah, I kind of stealth avoid? Up, stealth up. Okay. So give me your stealth check. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, that was an eight, by the way. Rolled two. Oh. oh, of course he rolls a 16. <laughs> but it's with a minus nine, right? 
I'm not telling. Nine. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, so as you are, I mean, the stacks are, so when you exit onto the, the first, uh, the main stacks, um, the, the shelves are almost, uh, they, I mean, the elevator opens up. It's not like in the reception where there's a distance between the ele elevator and, uh, where the reception desk is here. The, the shelves of books, uh, come up really close, but there's still beside the entrance, just like in reception, uh, there is the same uniform, uh, guard who is, um, not the same one, but another guardsman wearing the same uniform in the same position with a nice, uh, the little light lantern that is above it, uh, above their head, uh, standing guard at the, the, at the entrance to the, to, to the elevator. So you move off to, um, weave your way through the stacks to get yourself a little bit closer. Um, but in the gest the wild gestures that uh, Sahar is doing, they're so so grandiose that he's making this one gesture where he he kind of spins a bit and then he just catches you to the side of his eye and he turns back to face the librarian and then he just stops in mid mid conversation and then he's just like, Thorn, is that you, Thorn? Well. Oh, um, hello, is that, uh, you, Sahar? It's a long time no see, uh, I'm surprised to find you here. And he immediately leaves the female librarian who kind of looks off-put by him walking away so quickly, and he holds his arm wide. Thorn! I thought, we all thought you were dead! Well, I was almost dead a few times. What are you doing here? Your, your father must be going crazy looking for you. I doubt that. I seriously do. But, um, I mean, is it not surprising to find me in a library? I would have thought that's um, where you'd normally find me. Unless I was out uh, investigating. And he kind of looks at you oddly and he's like, Did you find it, Thorn? No. Not yet. Mm. I've been uh, waylaid and sidetracked by all sorts of stuff. It uh, makes it hard to uh, find what you're looking for sometimes. It's, so is that where you disappeared to? You were still looking for it? Look, um, I'd rather, rather not uh, get into the uh, details, if, if you don't mind me. I've got uh, things to uh, work on, and I'm sure you're busy. Well, I mean, kind of interested me a little bit in some negotiations there. I'll, I'll get back to her, but really, uh, please, would you come and have dinner with my my family in, uh, this evening? Um, uh, maybe uh, late. I have an appointment uh, at uh, sunset, but um, I'd have to put a rain check on that. Do I do I know where he lives? Yeah, you know that uh, that he would live in the district of the Cat, which is one of the more um, upper class districts in the city. Where, where is that though? Like, I'm thinking oh. distance wise. How long would it take me get there, and sort of thing? Oh, walking? Yeah, uh, walking would take you. It would probably take you a couple hours to walk from there. Yeah. So if I'm meeting um, the group at sunset, I'd be more than fashionably late yes yeah yeah so i'm going uh well um no unfortunately not tonight i have a, a a previous engagement have you heard what's happening i mean the city's a buzz what i mean we there's uh, celebrations uh coming up is that what you're speaking of well that's just it yes the festivities but i've heard that there's rumors been saying that from the uh, the Sand Harbor that the Pallid Court's main vessel, Sandship, left early this morning. And not long after that, I heard that there was an armada. Well, not really an armada. <laughs> what do you call when you see 30 flying carpets heading out? 
It's like an armada, isn't it? Of the, the Temple of Bastet? I think the High Priestess also left the city this morning. How could they miss the festivities? Where were they heading? Were they heading uh, west? Indeed, indeed. Whispers are saying that they were heading to uh, the the ruins of Anuasir. Really? Well, that's uh, an interesting uh, development. Yeah, you are very aware of the ruins of Anuasir. It was one of the things that you would, if things hadn't been so preoccupied with what you were looking into, it was something that had stirred your attention because at the time that you were in Purvestet, uh, there was a huge kerfuffle that this these runes had been just starting to rise up out of the sand. And it was just the talk of the town uh, while you were, you were there. But getting there uh, would have been quite complicated because uh, there was this uh, company working with the the Council of Sand, the city's council, to uh, cordon off the area from, from the public. So it would have been really difficult to actually be able to, to visit it. Okay. Well, it's uh, I appreciate the uh, information, uh, um, but I really need to uh, investigate my uh, current uh, situation. Maybe we can uh, catch up in, uh, in the next few days or so. Of course, of course. Well, you remember where I live, yes? I do. I, well, the door is always open to you, Thorn. And I appreciate your uh, your kindness in that matter. You're not wanting to look at the books, are you? Is that what you're not? No. It's all right. It's all right. Never. Everything is fine. And he smiles and he he holds out his hand to shake your hand. I'll shake his hand. And he grabs, with the two of his hands, he grabs your one hand and just shakes, shakes your hand mightily. He's got this big smile pasted across his face. And uh, he turns, looks about to see uh, the, if the librarian's there, not seeing her. He kind of frowns a bit and he heads to the elevator. All right. So, <laughs> so the, what was it? The ships left, um, the pallid court ships left, um, a little while ago yeah they the main uh sand ship for the pallid court uh left early in the in the morning as well as he thinks it was like 20 odd uh flying carpets from the uh the church of bastet also left shortly after so is the sand ship just a normal ship or does it travel on water and sand the, the sand ships only travel on sand but right, yes, so it, it looks very much like uh, a regular ship. I guess you would say like, um, oh God, what do you call the the boats with the the two rudders on the left and the right? Catamaran. Catamaran. It looks like a catamaran, uh, and it still has a sail and everything like this, but uh, uses the same kind of earth elemental magic that the the earth sleds, um, just on a much larger scale. Were they, were they going east then, on, if you look at the map of Perbestat? No. So they left, and everything was saying that they were heading west. Heading west, into the water, but they're sand ships. No, there is, there's a point that they can cross. Ah, right, okay. So that's Perbestat there. Yep. And they, they were heading west out of there and that that there there is a crossing point that sand ships can get across over here so basically okay yeah no that's cool i just i only have the city image to go by yeah i was trying to find the the main image but couldn't find it at the time okay okay so what do i need to do to see if i can find any information about a the um spark and b you are going to do a skill challenge as well all right so, so what skills, same deal, DC of 12, three checks, and this just determines how long it is going to take for you to find what you need. I'm going to go talk to a librarian uh, okay. and s speak to them, um, try and be as uh, charming as possible to um, receive their help to 
narrow down where these books may be. Persuasion, then. So, going with persuasion. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. Rolls a three, but gets a 13. Nice. That's my best skill. <laughs> Clearly. So you schmooze with them and they start helping you finding the, the place where you best think that the books that you're leading, looking for. What else? All right. So uh, I start um, looking down the spines of these books to find the uh, relevant information. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is going to be either investigation or perception. I was assuming uh, perception, look through things. Either or, it's fine. All right. There you go. Two successes. Eighteen. Yep. And so, with a thirteen and an eighteen, you do a, a really good job talking with the the female librarian that had been talking with Sahar, and she leads you into a couple of sections in order to do better research on the spark. And before I go any further, I'm going to switch back to Clicker. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bard. Hi, I'm Darium. I'm playing as Vargashelist, the Farvog Druid. I'm Ivan, a teller of dark and gritty TTRPG stories. No heroes, no happy ends. And I will be playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mike. I will be playing the Isamar, Hexblade, Warlock, Cal, and Thra. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, Please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.